clap of praise today. Oh, he's in this house. Oh, he's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah, Lord, you're worthy, God. We praise you in this house. Mm. It simply comes down to how bad do you want something? How passionate are you about it? How hungry are you for it? Because I'm just going to tell you in this place right now, the giver of every breath, the creator of all that ever has been, the one that holds yesterday, today, and forever in the palm of his hands, he's in this house. The God that can do all things that has no equal. The God who when we just mention the name, demons begin to tremble. He's in this house. The one that can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or even begin to think. He's here today. So I think it's perfectly in order what we've been doing around here. Lord, we're going to take a moment and we're going to praise you. We're going to take a moment. We're going to magnify you. Lord, in this house, we're going to lift you up. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for what you feel in the house of the Lord this morning? What a God. Hallelujah. I give great honor to Brother and Sister Chance and their family. Love them very much. I give great honor to Mama Chance. Amen. Love her. So glad she's here today. And I give honor to this awesome church. What a legacy. What a heritage. And I believe God is a God of revival. I believe he loves each and every person as much as he loves each and every one of us. I believe, I'm just going to tell you if I, if I can take a second, I believe there's people that's never darkened the doors of this church that God is reaching for right now. We don't even understand it, but God's got a revival. God's got an anointing. Amen. And we are indeed living in the end time hour. It's an hour of revival. And I concur with Brother Chance just seeing and hearing all the news of the past few days. It just reminds me of that old song that they used to sing. This world is not my home. Now, I'm not, I am not a singer. But it's been going over and over in my mind. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Pardon us for a minute, but this ain't home. We're reaching for home. That song goes on and it says, The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. 
and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I believe we must never forget it's about a place called heaven. Come on, somebody. It's about walls of jasper, gates of pearl. It's about a river of life. It's about, it's about a place where the lamb is the light. It's about a place where there's no more tears and no more sorrow. It's about Jesus and worshiping with him face to face. It's about him. And oh, I want to see him. Such an honor to be here. Thank you for just allowing me that, that momentary lapse in judgment. <laughs> Amen. I, I was going down the road with all this stuff on my mind, and, and it just came to my mind, and I thought, I, I, I haven't thought about that. I had to Google the words because I couldn't even remember all the words. But I was driving down the road and I was just singing it. This world is not my home. I wonder what would happen if we just start with a mindset of that every day. This world is not my home. My home is a place that the Lord has prepared. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Very short, very simple passage of Scripture. Matthew 19 and 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In Mark 10 and 27. And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men... It is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. I wonder if we truly understand that this morning. With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want to speak for just a few moments upon this subject. If we will, God can. If we will, God can. 
Lord, I love you today. I'm thankful for your power and your presence in this place. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you anoint every heart and every mind. Lord, speak through me, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you for standing. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. When George Shultz was Secretary of State during the Reagan administration, he kept a large globe in his office. And when newly appointed ambassadors had an interview with him, and when ambassadors returning from their post for their first visit with him were leaving his office, Schultz would test them and he would say, go over to the globe and prove to me that you can identify your country. They would go over, spin the globe and put their finger on the country that they had been sent to unerringly. When Schultz's old friend and former majority leader Mike Mansfield was appointed ambassador to Japan, Even he, his best friend, was put to the test. This time, though, Ambassador Mansfield spun the globe, and he put his hands on the United States, and he said, I may be going to Japan, but this is my country, the United States. I believe the Lord is wanting to let us know while we are here and we are living in this world. We are not of this world, but we have a home prepared where God is saying the day is coming when I will draw you unto me. God is wanting us to never forget who we are, who he is, and what it's all about. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need was his grace and forgiveness, God sent us himself, and he sent us a Savior. And I'm thankful for the grace and the glory of God. Can I tell somebody this without offending anybody? God would rather go to hell for you than go to heaven without you. Hear me, God would rather go to hell for you than go to heaven without you. The Bible tells us they were uprooted from their homeland. They were taken from their families. Their names were forever removed and they were given foreign names. They were placed in a land that was not their own. They were surrounded by people that didn't worship their God. But the Bible says, in the midst of all, they never lost sight of who they were and who their God was. 
Can I tell you this morning, you may be surrounded by chaos. You may be surrounded by the insanity of our world in this hour, but there is a God who still loves you and has answers for you today. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew. If we will just stay faithful to him, he can deliver us. In spite of what is going on around us, if we'll just stay faithful unto him, God can make a way. Can I just tell someone today, when you release God into your circumstances, not only are you going to make it, but you're not even going to look like you've been through what you've been through. Well, what do you mean, Brother Meeks? Well, the Bible says the enemy had the Hebrew boys exactly where they wanted them. Because they wouldn't bow, because they wouldn't worship the idol, the fiery furnace was made seven times hotter than hot. They got the strongest soldiers to manhandle these kids. I think we need to remind the devil sometimes, do you really know who you're messing with? But hear me. They got the strongest soldiers that they had to get a hold on them. They bound them hand and foot, and they condemned them to the fiery furnace. Now, now, can you get a mental picture of this? They had these boys tied up and manhandled because they knew they're not going to want to go in the fire. They're not going to want to go through the furnace but we're going to make them go through this. But something had to have gone through their mind when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Bible says they didn't uh, push away from it. The Bible doesn't say that they tried to evade it. In fact, the Bible does say we don't know if God will, but we know he can But either way, we're going to stay faithful to him. I don't know how things are going to turn out, but I know this. I'll keep praising him. I'll keep worshiping him. When they remain faithful beyond what they seen or what they felt, it opened the door for God to do what he could do. I'm not going to be long, but I want somebody to hear me this morning. When the soldiers who thought they were in control had them by the nap of their neck and they took them to the fiery furnace, and they had them bound in foot. I don't know if God will. 
I, I can just hear them. I don't know if God will, but I know it can. So regardless of what comes or what goes, I'm going to stay faithful unto him. I'm going to praise his name. Honey, while they were faithful, God was working his plan. And those people that laid hands on him, on them, when they got them to the fiery furnace, the Bible says it didn't touch the Hebrew boys. But the ones who laid their hands on them, was burned up. And everything that bound them hand and foot fell at their feet. Can I just tell you today, the fiery furnace that was literally prepared for their demise actually became the first red hot fiery revival. What's going on? All I can tell you is that I'm going to keep praising my God. I would somebody hear me this morning. Whatever the devil's been telling you, whatever the enemy's been lying to you about, God is saying, you just do what you can and I'll do what I can. You stay faithful and I'll do the impossible. What's going on? All I can tell you is that revival happened through them on a scale they'd never seen it happen before. And furthermore, I love this part. The Bible says, and the smell of smoke wasn't even on them. Now, it's one thing. In fact, I was standing in line at a store the other day, and for the chance I seen a dude walk in, and I'm going to tell you, he looked like he'd been through the hurricane. I mean, he looked rough. His hair was wild. Not because he made it that way, because it was just that way. You know, some people, they make it look crazy, but his, his wasn't crazy. It was just wild. His, his clothes were all askew. He had one sock one color, another sock another color. And I'm telling you, he had one shoe of one type and another shoe of another type. And he walked in there with this wild-eyed, bushy-tailed look. And I thought, man. Now, sometimes you, you just can't help yourself. I said, hey, friend, you've had a rough day of it, hadn't you? He said, man, you don't even know. Sometimes when you go through some things, the effects of what you've gone through can leave a mark. Now, I'm just going to tell you, that doesn't mean that the devil won and that you defeated. It just means you've got a testimony of this. I've been in the valley, but God brought me out. I've been in the war, but God brought me through it. But then there are times when you go through hell itself and you come forth without a smell of smoke on you because God wants to let you know and every devil in hell know greater is he that is in you. I was in revival. This lady received the Holy Ghost, and I mean, we're excited about it. We're excited for her, and I'll never forget. I'm sitting at the pastor's house, 
we're just visiting one day, and his phone rings. And he's on the other line, yes, yes, this is the pastor, yes, yes, uh, yes. Actually, he is, and I knew he was talking about me. Yes, oh, yeah, oh, no, no problem. We look forward to it. You're welcome, come on. We'll see you then. And I said, well, man, what happened? I'm expecting good news. I said, well, what, what happened? He said, oh, that was the boyfriend of the girl that got the Holy Ghost. She's mad at you, and she's mad at me. Or he's, he's mad at you, and he's mad at me. And he's coming to church to whoop both of us. Now, I'm just going to tell you, that preach is funny, but it ain't funny. And then the pastor, he said, oh, yeah, and by the way, he's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and he's a black belt in karate. Well, revival's over with. <laughs> and, then, and if it can't get any worse, but, and then the pastor told me, I'm telling you the truth. He said, and he's also the head of the local witch's coven or oven, whatever they call it. And he said, he's coming to church to put a whooping on us. I said, would you give him our address or you give him another church? <laughs> he said, no, I, I told him, man, come on, you're welcome. Can I just tell you, it's, it's one thing to talk about it, sing about it, celebrate it. But it's another thing when the bad guy shows up. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting on the platform, and that mountain of a man walks in. And you know what? We can shout about victory over the devil all we want to till he walks in and sits about on the fourth or fifth pew. And that whole time, Brother Chance, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm keeping my mind on Jesus, but I got an eye on that devil. And I keep watching him, and he's sitting like this the whole time in the service, looking mean and mad as all get out. And I, under my breath, I'm just, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. Bind him right now. Lord, don't let him get crazy, because I'll pick up a chair, and I'll knock him in the head in Jesus' name. He never moved. We went on and had service had an altar call, and in the middle of altar service, he got up. And I thought, okay, it's on. And he comes walking down the aisle. There's no emotion. There's no smile. There's no tear. There's nothing. There's just a firm, stern look as he's walking toward me. And he gets about to the, right there at the altar and he stops and he falls to his knees and he lifts his hands and before it's over with he's speaking in other tongues as God fills him with the Holy Ghost and we baptized him in Jesus name and he said I came to church with one thing on my mind and that was to do you in I came to this church with one intention 
preach and that was to tear you down. He said, I called on every devil. I called on every incantation. I called every spirit I could. But it's like there was a wall around this place. I couldn't get nowhere. And I realized I'm up against a power and a source that is bigger than anything. Somebody hear me this morning. You serve a God who is able to do all things. The children of Israel. I'm, I'm hurrying. But the children of Israel, chosen of God, in covenant with the Lord. Yet the Bible tells us they found themselves enslaved to the Egyptians. Still anointed, still called, still promised. But the enemy dictated their length of freedom. The enemy determined what they could or couldn't do to a point because they were enslaved to the Egyptians and the taskmasters. Hear me today. Your circumstances do not determine your anointing. Your atmosphere does not determine your blessings and your anointing and what God is able to do. After 430 years of bondage, they were still chosen of God and they still had the promise from God for a land that flowed with milk and honey. Their situation and circumstances didn't determine their relationship with God. Neither did it declare their level of anointing. But when the children of Israel were liberated out of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea and Moses raised up that walking stick and the waters parted, the Bible tells us the children of Israel went through what had once stood in front of them to block them. But God did the impossible and separated the waters. But hear me today, and I'm drawing to a close. God didn't just part the waters. He dried the ground that they walked on. When they reached the other side, there wasn't even mud between their toes. They didn't look like they'd just scampered across the Red Sea. I want to tell somebody this morning, God has your miracle already planned, already primed, already pumped, and ready to go. He's just waiting on you. He's just waiting on you to determine. You know what? I know already that God can. So the only thing that matters is if I'm willing. And if I'm willing, I know that God is able. So we stand to our feet this morning. 
while locked in a nasty prison cell. Paul wrote this bold, made-up mindset statement in the book of Romans chapter 8. Sitting in a prison cell, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These scenarios themselves have caused many to give up and turn away from God. But the Apostle Paul goes on record to let the church in Rome know that he has this mindset. I'm made up in my mind that nothing will separate me from him. And to that very point, he would later write in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What? Can you imagine what we release when we start thinking the way he thinks? Can you imagine what we open the door for in the realm of faith and anointing when we start thinking the way Jesus thinks? But too often, all we see is the storm. But Jesus sees an opportunity to walk on water. Too often all we see is a fiery furnace. But God sees an opportunity to walk through the fire the enemy thought would kill you and bring you into a place of revival the likes of which you never thought possible. Too often, all we see is a wall that's never been defeated. But God sees an opportunity to shout the walls down. With every eye closed in this house, too often all we see is a mountain too tall to get over. But Jesus sees that when we speak to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, it liberates him to do what he can do. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. I wonder what is possible this morning when we start thinking like him. I wonder what is possible today when we start thinking the way Jesus thinks. All things are possible. 
to him that believes. If you're in this house this morning and you need a miracle, I believe it's time to start seeing things the way Jesus does. Lord, I speak healing. Lord, I speak breakthrough. Lord, I speak victory. Lord, I speak restoration. Lord, I speak anointing. If you're in this house today, I wonder if you'd just step out and make your way to this old-fashioned altar. Just find a place and release the power of God into your circumstance. We know He can. The question today is, if we will. Because if we will, He can. I believe it's time to speak some things in faith. I believe it's time to just let God do what only God is able to do. That's it. Let's step out in faith. All across this house, why don't you lay your hand upon that one beside you? Find somebody, brother, find a brother, sister, find a sister. Take somebody by the hand. We're going to bind together. We're going to believe. We're going to claim miracles this morning. I won't be overcome when I go through the No matter what the devil's done, no matter what is before you, God's able. God's in this house.